everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Life Inspired. It is June and that means it is Pride Month and I am so glad that we get to do this together on Pride Month. I think it's a really great month for us to continue our faith series. And before we do that, we are going to jump into the news inspired. Okay, guys, usually I record these episodes a little bit in advance, but because we're doing a series this week, that means that I had the episode pre-recorded, which means that the news inspired is recorded closer to the actual air date. So I get more up-to-date news, which is exciting. And today I am so excited to report that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have welcomed their second child, a daughter named Lilibet Diana. How adorable, love the Royals, congratulations to them. Our second headline is that June is Pride Month and President Biden has issued a Pride Month proclamation how exciting to have a president who acknowledges the value of queer people um, and someone who is here to defend the LGBTQ plus community. You know, his statements in his State of the Union address regarding the gay community and trans community and all queer people were honestly something I did not think I would see in my life, where the leader of the free world is is promising to defend my rights and to have my back. And I just, I don't know, I'm like equal parts happy and like touched and trying not to tear up just thinking about the world that I'm going to get to have my kids raised in and the safety that I hope they're going to feel as we continue this journey. We remember the people who have sacrificed so much to get us to where we are and also we have to acknowledge that we still have work to do. There are still trans people killed every day um, in this country and across the world. There's still gay people who suffer persecution and illegalization again in this country and across the world but we have made so much progress and it's cause to celebrate and hopefully it's motivation and inspiration for all of us to continue to try to make this world a better place so i'm so excited happy pride month everyone our third and final headline for the week is uh, reuters is reporting that the u.s is making moves to restore endangered species protections uh over the past few years there have been a lot of moves to you know not take care of some of the endangered species on this planet but I think it's so important to protect uh, the world that we have and you know we only get one so it's our job to take care of it um, and I'm just so excited to see that the United States is committing again to defending uh, those animals that we have harmed uh, so far so hopefully we'll start to see a resurgence in some of those populations. So this has been the News Inspired, and I hope that these are just a few of the headlines that bring a smile to your face this week. We're about to head back into our conversation on faith with Pastor Bridie Roberts, who, uh, when we left off last week, was sharing just some of the things uh, maybe that in the past the Christian community has done to hurt people and reasons why um, you know, sometimes faith is given a bad name. And so we're kind of going to transition the conversation into some of the more positive. And uh, I said it last week, I'll say it again today. Pastor Bridie and I did this episode to remind people that faith is all about love and belief um, and not about rules or about hate. And so if you get nothing else out of our conversation, I hope that you take that away. But let's just hop right back in where we left off with Pastor Bridie Roberts. 
you know, just as an example, a lot of my friends are scared of church because they've always been told not to go because they're gay and and mm-hmm. that's not what God wants. But really the problem is things like you just said, like when we're not taking care of others and we're not advocating for those in need, um, that's the actual sin, not mm-hmm. loving who you love or something like that. So I love that you bring that up. Yeah, I mean, and just to be, I'll just say it because I feel like every clergy person needs to say it all the time. God wants you to love other people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that loving relationships between two people, uh, consenting adults, um, that is blessed by God. Um, and, you know, same sex relationships, um, that is blessed by God. Like the, this question about whether homosexuality belongs in the church, which is like such a weird way of saying that, you know, like what they really mean is like homosexual people or people who are uh, living in some kind of sexual normative that is different than heterosexuality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think the church probably needs it. Okay. Cause we need like all the things and all the love that is out there to be a part of the life of the church because yeah. the church's job is to build the beloved community. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so we need all the gifts and talents, resources, love and compassion that comes from that. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I think that the number one thing that has uh, hindered my faith and kept me away from God my whole life has been people questioning my sexuality and who I love. And mm. um, because of that, you know, I've always been scared to approach God about it or something like that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Before we move forward, because we've kind of touched, we've touched on a lot of mistakes and things like that. So I want to mm-hmm. kind of get into where we see the church going and the good and the future. But before we do that, I realize we are um, maybe saying a lot of terms that maybe a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes in the church, we might call this Christianese. <laughs> yeah. Um, so w- we always do a lightning round every episode okay. where we define some terms that help us understand the topic better. So I think this might be a good time for a lightning round where Let's I'll give it. you a couple terms. There's background music here. When it comes out, it's a great time during the lightning round. Do I win prizes? Um, I <laughs> your prize can be that we... Yeah, sorry. I can't even think of anything. Um, <laughs> the, the background music will have to be the prize. Um, well, let's jump into lightning round. So I'll say a term, and if you can just give a phrase or a couple of sentences of how you would define that term. Okay. So starting really basic, what is faith? Belief in things unseen. That's perfect. What about gospel? You mentioned the gospel. What's that? The gospel, um, so... The Gospels is a term for the four books of the Bible that tell the life story of Jesus and contain um, what we remember and know of his words and those of his disciples. What about God? Who is God? God is the creator of life. And when we talk about redemption, what is that? Transformation um, to become the people that we want to be. You know, being able to, to change and move on from the things that hurt us, break us, hold us back, and become who we want to be. And another term we touched on was sin. What is sin? Sin is that which separates us from God. And what about a pastor? What is a pastor? A teacher uh, who shares the message of God, but also I think, um, I kind of, you know, I almost think about it like in the shepherd terms, like someone who's helping to bring a flock uh, through the, the world, but also 
I think should be out in the in in the community, um, helping all of us think about what it means to to bring about healing in the broken world. Really, you know. But a pastor is someone who accompanies others through their faith journey. That's great. What about scripture? Scripture are um, are the holy uh, inspired words um, that have been revealed to God's people through the eons. And we have the Bible, um, which is mostly written by men. So I'm thinking we're probably missing some scriptures though. That is probably a little radical to say, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we think of scripture as God's revealed wisdom, um, as it remembered, interpreted and written down by humans. And we follow the Christian scriptures, but like I said before, I think there's a lot of wisdom in other traditions. I think God talks to all kinds of people and they hear it in different ways. And so I think there's scripture uh, that has a lot of wisdom in the Torah, which is the Jewish text, some of the Jewish text in the Quran and many other traditions. So God's holy words revealed through his people or her people um, and written down. What about the church with a big C? What's that? <laughs> Church with the big C, I think, is sort of like the collection of Christian and I would say Catholic entities that are really like the dominant institutions uh, shaping Christian life in the world. And this last term, when it comes to faith, what is love? Love is how we show our, uh, our faith in the world. Um, love is justice. Love is um, the actions between people that help build a, a better and more sustainable community. Um, love is how we should live. And uh, love is what heals. Love is what brings art and music and all of the things that bring beauty into our world. Other things bring those too, but I think love is the great inspirer. That's awesome. That's a really good way to end the lightning round. Um, because I I think love is kind of the core of what we're talking about today. I see a quote sometimes that says, the core of the gospel is not sin, it's love. Um, and I think so often the church forgets that. And when we talk about faith, even if someone's listening who maybe isn't familiar with the Christian faith or faith in general or God, I think it's important for them to know that love is the core of, of, of who God is. Like the gospel of John, for example, they talk about how to love, what love does for us, how important love is, I think more than 50 times. Yeah. And one scripture that was like five lines, Jesus mentioned that I, that I preached on last weekend, mentions it eight times. Love is the core and central teaching. Yeah. Um, and it's a love that's transformative and changes you by the doing of it, mm -hmm. right? Having it is a gift. Being able to share it with other people is also a gift because it changes you. Um, and we all know, especially if we have you know, relationships with people that are experiencing difficult things, that love is not always easy, right? Um, love is not just like, you know, showing up with flowers. <laughs> Sometimes that's love, right? That's what we need to do. Right. You know, it's, it's being with people uh, when they suffer. It's being with people in their tears. It's confronting people about like the harm in their life that you see and you know is is detracting from their personhood, you know, like, I know that many of us have been through struggles with people who, in our lives who have addiction or other forms of self-harm. And it's like really hard to talk about those things, but doing that talk is an act of love. 
mm-hmm. you know, and we're not always ready to do what love calls us to do. But part of having faith is understanding that God will help make us ready. Mm. Or maybe if the action needs to happen now, that act of love, right? We don't feel ready having faith that God will give us what we need in this moment to do what needs to be done. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's true in personal relationships, but I also think it's true when we look at the bigger brokenness that's in the world. That's absolutely true. And so with love at the center of the church, and like you said, being what we need to fix some of the brokenness of the world, where do you see the church going in the next 5, 10, 15 years as we pursue that core doctrine of love? Which and which version of the word church are you using in this question? Let's use big C. Let's let's use big C. And also, also okay. obviously, Pastor Bridie and I cannot speak for every faith community and every Christian on the planet. And there are things that you and I probably disagree on too. But mm-hmm. but knowing that that is the center of the gospel and and that that is where big C global church needs to be going. Um, where do you see us going? And maybe, maybe a better question is also, where do you think we need to go in the next five, yeah. 10, 15 years? So I think that, you know, being in love with God and being in love with each other is never really a place of being at peace, right? Because if we really love each other, if we really love God, it's very difficult for us to live in ignorance about the suffering in the world that we see around us, right? And usually we also have like a little gnawing hunger in ourselves, pushing us to move forward, to do more, to bring our gifts to other people, to be present in the lives of those who need us to be present in them. And I think the same is true for the church. Um, I think when the church stops growing, um, when it stops asking hard questions, when it stops reveal, uh, believing that it is being inspired daily by God's, you know, um, constantly revealed wisdom in the world, like it's not willing to change and expand and absorb that. Um, the church really stops being the church and becomes an institution. The church, I believe, should be should feel conflicted about the things that we see in the world, you know, uh, about growing income inequality, about the fight to preserve of the physical safety, the mental health and emotional health of trans people in this country. For those who are listening in other places, there's a whole slate of legislation being proposed in various places across the country in the United States by very conservative legislators that would really limit, um, you know, limit the possibility for people going through transition to have like safety and to have appropriate medical care and mental health care. Um, you know, there is huge issues. I mean, the coronavirus has really revealed with stark clarity the deep divisions and inequalities in our world. What is happening in India right now is a catastrophe. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that the church, while essentially timeless because God is timeless, <laughs> must look at these moments, which we call Kairos moments, like when God's presence really opens and breaks things up in the world and respond and say, can I change? Can I be present in this moment? What is my role to be present in this moment and in this crisis? I think our own denomination, um, the United Methodist Church, it will need to change radically in the next five or so years. The, the, the long-standing difficult conversation, though it should not be difficult, over the full inclusion of LGBTQ people in the life of the church 
must be decided. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that the, the choice to choose love and to choose justice um, will be a transformative one. And I think our church may break. And I think that if that's what happens, we have to be okay with it. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't break, then I hope that the path that it's on is one of transformation and finding a way to really live into that work. So for me, I think some of the things that are really in front of the church with the big C, not just the Methodist church, but the whole world's church is like, are you going to be present and ready and willing to challenge the difficulties that have been made so aware to us during this time? Mm. Um, or will we continue to pretend that everything is as it was before? You know, in the United States and across the world, we have had a real reckoning, a public discussion about race and racist policing and violence from the state. Um, in the public forum, in the streets, in ways that we haven't in decades. It's not that the problem is new or that it ever went away. Um, it's just that we didn't talk about it for a long time. And so I think the church is called to be in the heart of that and ask ourselves, how are we complicit? Or what are we doing to change racist structures in our community? And not just, you know, we have this work that we can do through the church and in the church, which we must do at a fundamental level. That's super important. But, you know, the church, I mean, we know this because there are places where the church can cause harm legislatively. The church has tremendous power to do great things at a policy and political level. Right. right. You know, and in the United States um, in this year, since January 2021, more than 360 pieces of legislation at the state level has been proposed by Republican legislators that would limit the capacities and the rights of people to vote young people, working people, and people of color. And it's a direct response to a number of uh, officials of color taking their place in the Senate and the Congress last year. It's a, a last dying grasp of white supremacy. And we believe firmly in the separation of church and state, but I believe pastors should be preaching from the pulpit about the importance of people having the freedom and the right to vote. Um, and using that power, that power of the church, which still exists, to create a public transformation and a call to understanding about what it means to be people who are who are constantly fighting for this most basic right, right, to be able to express themselves in democracy. So, you know, I think there's big sort of meta questions like where's the church going? What will happen to us? Um, and one more that you didn't ask but that's really laden into that is that there's this whole argument that, you know, the, that the church is dying. Yeah. And it's true. Every year we see shrinking membership, except for in our evangelical friends who are conservative friends. Um, but you know what? I don't think that means the church is dying. I think it means to be willing and be able to transform and change. Right. Um, and maybe our work isn't just in the pulpit and thousand member congregations. Maybe it's okay to have a 300 member congregation or a 50 member congregation, but a community of a thousand that you serve outside your doors. Right. So I think, you know, as an institution, we will be called to, ask, you know, or asked to like think, how, what does it actually mean to serve? Yeah. And to be in intimate solidarity and deep relationship with people who are struggling. Absolutely. And that's where we should be. 100%. And so much of that, as much as I hate to um, compare any kind of politics to the church, so much of where we are and what we have been is just conservative leaders and politicians hiding behind the word church and yeah. say saying 
but I'm a part of this faith community and it's so much more than that. And I love what you said about, you know, um, stepping up for our friends of color, stepping up for people's rights, including the right to vote, the right to have health care while they're trying to go through transitions, all of those things. And it's the mm-hmm. responsibility of the church. So that's a, so many deep and good um, points for current people of faith, people who are actively um, in the church. My last question for you, though, before we start to close out, for someone who maybe is curious or inspired to explore faith, Mm-hmm. um, to, to find God, um, what would, what advice would you give? What would you say? Is there someone they can talk to? Is there a website they can look at a passage in the <laughs> Bible that you point people to like, where should someone start? That's so great. That's a really good question. Um, you know, especially since I know like your listeners are from so many different places. Um, mm-hmm. I would actually really, you know, I would, I encourage people to be discerning, in their faith journey, right? It's like really, really think, what is it that I want to, what is it that I want to learn about myself? What is it that I want to learn about my community and how is faith going to help me in that? Um, Or what am I curious about, about God, Mm. right? And I would, you know, open your, open that conversation, you know, up with um, your friends, Because I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of people are like really closeted people of faith, especially if you tend to be on the more open, progressive and welcoming end. We don't evangelize. We don't go to work and tell people about our awesome church on Sunday. But there are lots of other people that are wondering about. So my my encouragement would be to ask people questions that if you know personal faith, ask them questions. If something resonates as wrong with you. If it's not focused on love, if it's focused on exclusion, if it's focused on moral judgment, if it's focused on, quite honestly, the hellfire and brimstone that often accompanies some traditions and that feels wrong to you, trust your instincts, right? Um, Because there's so many flavors of the faith, right? And I'm not going to get on here and say who is right and who's wrong, but I'll tell you what I believe, right? Which I have told you, which is that God is love and God calls us to love. And so... I totally recommend doing a little Googling. Um, There are some great writers out there to explore. Wonderful writers, podcasts, blogs. Um, There's a couple podcasts that I listen to. There's one called Pulpit Fiction. Um, And this is, you know, this is actually like two pastors, one from the UCC tradition and one from the Methodist tradition. And it's a a podcast for preachers, actually, like looking for bits for their sermons. But they do really great exploration of the scripture every week and they talk about social issues. Um, I think that if you want some books that are really great intros, anything by Adam Hamilton of Church of the Resurrection, he's a great writer who really talks about the concepts of faith. Like if you, if you wonder what baptism is about, if you want to know why the apostles creed is a thing that's out there, if you're curious about like, who is this Jesus or like, what's up with Mary? Is she like, like what's the virgin thing? <laughs> It's got a bunch of great short books that explain what we believe in a way that I think is really approachable, um, but also really looks fundamentally at what I think is true in the core of our tradition and many Christian traditions, which is that we are, we are people who, you know, engage in justice along the way, right. In small and big steps. And it's a big part of how we understand the Bible. It's that reason, experience, tradition, and scripture all coming together. But I have a bunch of others. I'm also a big fan of poetry and music. Um, I love all of those. But yeah, I, I also would supplement that with 
if you are really curious about this Jesus person and why we believe that love is the core of it all, just like Google one of the four gospels, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And I think a lot of people will be very surprised by who Jesus is, what he says, and what he does yeah, in those books. I agree with you. Let me tell you, I think one of the most misquoted and misrepresentative individuals is probably Jesus, right? There's a lot of oh, stuff yeah. attributed to supposedly to Christian faith or belief in Christian principles that have nothing to do with Christianity at all. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. So go to the source. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Bridie, for your time today. You have given so much insight and I think, well, not, I think, I know that there are so many people who need to hear that, that faith isn't about fighting with people. It's not about rules. It's really about love. And um, and connecting with God through love. So before we go, is there anything that you want to share, whether it's something we didn't get to or a recap, or you want to revisit something or share out anything you're working on? Um, just kind of your moment. Is there anything you want to say? Um, gosh, there could be so much. Um, one is I, a couple of quick things. Um, one, I would say the biggest step that you can take, I think, in, in changing your life and like opening your heart and moving stuff is to actually go out into your community and to do something. You know, I mean, your heart may be breaking by what you see around you, which is good. It means that you're breathing and you're feeling. Um, but whether it's COVID, whether it's homelessness, whether it's racism, whether it's some kind of other thing that is present in your life, there's a way for you to engage in the work around that that matches your gifts. And so don't feel compelled or um, uh, to have all the answers. Just begin somewhere. And I think the place that we begin is on one-on-one -on -one relationships by talking to people. So allow yourself to be curious. Allow yourself not to have all the answers. Allow yourself to be led and guided. Um, and know that it's okay if you make mistakes along the way. Um, we're just here to build something better together. So I think that's a really important principle of faith because it's that, you know, it, it trusts that we will be guided network. And I don't mean you have to go to like a, a like a church function thing to do this, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're wondering what all the Black Lives Matter protests are about and you're scared, go to the website, show mm -hmm. up at the rally and ask someone. Don't don't make someone from that organization be your teacher. Do a little bit of Googling, do a little bit of learning and then go and be an ally, right? If you are concerned about the housing crisis and you know understanding how to do it, it's okay to start with feeding people. It's okay to start being with people where they're at. And then start asking those questions about how we change it structurally. So don't be overwhelmed by the enormity of what's in front of you. I would say have faith that you have something inside you that allows you to move that way. Because faith is not fighting, right? It is about building these collaborative relationships of love with one another and seeing the goodness um, of God in each person in front of you. The other thing is like, if you were interested in learning more about how to fight back to preserve the right to vote here in the United States, if you're a listener in the United States and you're curious, there's a big um, piece of legislation coming called For the People Act. It's called SR1, which would create a whole host of legislations that would protect voting rights at the state level and expand people's capacities to vote. It is amazing. Um, and it has passed the House already. It cannot pass the Senate without a supermajority, without um, we will need to kill the filibuster. So there's a couple different steps there, but you can, you can make a change. And so just Google for the people act and look for a way that you can participate in that is probably one of the most critical pieces of legislation 
to um, change the lives of so many people in our nation right now. So that's one of the projects I'm working on. And the third thing I would I want to put out there is um, I think it's really important to let yourself know every day um, that you are enough, um, that you're loved, that God sees you, like really sees you and loves you, um, and is going to walk beside you even when it's really, really, really tough. Um, and so just do that every day and let it start to really sink in um, because then that's, that's the love that's going to let you move more freely in the transformation of your own life and other people's lives. That's my, that's my closing thought. Thank you so much. So like, wow, just such a powerful thing to end on. So I really appreciate all of your wisdom and your time and also want to thank anyone who listened today. If you want to uh, learn more about Pastor Bridey or what we've chatted about today, make sure that you head over to at the Life Inspired Pod on Facebook and Instagram, where we'll continue the conversation there. You can also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rate or a review. Um, I really hope that today and our conversation that we have had has brought a little bit of joy to someone's life and that it helps everyone to live the life inspired. Thank you again, Pastor Bridie. Thank you.